Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that He has in store for you. Good morning to those who are watching online around the country and around the world. <laughs> Something that we, uh, you know, I want to just say that uh, thank you for being part of the Crossroads family. We were really glad that you're tuning into us. I really felt like there's somebody here that's watching, either watching online or here the first time, that you've just had a rough little go of it. I think it's with your job and things, and just just hang in there because God's going to do something, and God sees you, and you're not hearing this by by accident. But you know, one thing about uh, uh, that we're going to be talking about today is perseverance. It's keep going when you feel like when you feel like giving up, and uh, maybe you can relate to this this lady here uh, because a lot of times we're I think like this this lady. This is just a fun story. Sometimes we start out with the best of intention we start out so good and as we go down the pike as we head towards our dream as we head towards whatever sometimes the the enthusiasm sometimes things can wane and here's this story says dear uh, dear diary at Christmas this year, my husband purchased a week of personal training at the local health club for me. Although I'm still in great shape since being a high school football cheerleader 43 years ago, I called the club and made my reservations with a personal trainer named Cristo, who identified himself as a 26-year-old aerobic instructor and model for athletic clothing and swimwear. The club encouraged me to keep a diary and chart my progress. So here goes. Monday. Started my day at 6 a.m. Tough to get out of bed, but found it was well worth it when I arrived at the health club to find Christo waiting for me. He is something of a Greek god with blonde hair, dancing eyes, and dazzling white smile. Woo-hoo! Christo was amazing as he gave me an hour and showed me the, the, the machines. Christo was very encouraging as I did my sit-ups, although my gut was still aching from holding it in the whole time while he was around. This is going to be a fantastic week. Tuesday. It took me a whole pot of coffee, but I finally made it out the door. Christo made me lie on my back and push a heavy iron bar into the air, and then he put weights on it. My legs were a little wobbly on the treadmill, but I made it the full hour. His rewarding smile made it all worthwhile. I feel great. It's a whole new life for me. Wednesday. The only way I can brush my teeth is by laying the toothbrush on the counter and moving my mouth back and forth over it. I believe I have a hernia in both my pectorals. Driving was okay as long as I didn't try to stop or steer. I parked on top of a Honda Civic in the club parking lot. Christo was impatient with me, insisting that my screams bothered other club members. His voice is a little too perky for the early morning hours when, he's, uh, when he scolds. He gets this na- nasally whine, and everything's very annoying. My chest hurt when I got on the treadmill, so Christo put me on the stair monster. Why would anyone invent a machine to stimulate activity rendered obsolete by elevators? Christo told me uh, uh, to, uh, it would help me get in shape and enjoy life. He said some other hogwash too. Bleep, this Thursday, bleep was waiting for me with his uh, vampire-like teeth exposed as his thin, cruel lips were pulled back in a sn- uh, full snarl. I couldn't help uh, being a half an hour late. It took me that long to tie my shoes. 
He looked to, uh, he took me to work out with, with dumbbells. When he wasn't looking, I ran and hid in the restroom. He sent some skinny witch to find me. <laughs> then as punishment, he put me on the rowing machine, which I promptly sank. Friday, I hate that bleep of a bleep Christo more than any human being has ever hated another being in the history of the world. Stupid, skinny, anemic, anorexic, little aerobic instructor. I was there. Uh, if there was a part of my body I could move without extreme pain, I would beat him with it. Right now, I can't do anything, lift anything heavier than a donut. <laughs> Today, the treadmill flung me off, and I landed on a health and nutrition teacher. Why couldn't it have been someone softer, like the drama coach or the choir director? And uh, Saturday, Saturday, Satan left a message on my answering machine in his grating, shrilly little voice. Just hearing his voice made me want to smash the machine with my planner. However, I, uh, I lacked the strength to even watch the, uh, use the remote and ended up catching 11 straight hours of the Weather Channel. Sunday, I'm having the church band pick me up for services today because I can't drive so I can go to God and think that this week is, is over. I'll also pray that next year my husband will give me a gift that is the, uh, full of fun like a root canal or a hysterectomy. <laughs> sometimes, you know, the, uh, really the difference between making it sometimes and just existing and really thriving is really up to one word, and that's the word perseverance, isn't it? Because we know that. We know that, that the difference sometimes between, between making it and we see people really, really thriving in their life is just sticking with it, is going through it. We know that when it comes to sales, right? We know that when it comes to schoolwork. We know that when it comes to our marriage. We know that when it comes to, to every area of our life. That sometimes just the difference is sticking with it, sticking with it, sticking with it. A lot of times something, too, is, is that we receive the blessings of God through personal perseverance as, as well. There's really three things a, a lot of times that get us to the other side, that get us where we receive the blessings God has for us. God has promises in store for you, but sometimes there's some things we need to have in order to see those blessings become a reality. One is faith. Sometimes the reason we do not receive something that God stores for us is we never receive it by faith. We never believe it's going to happen. We never receive. As God's offering it to us, we never receive it by faith. Another is obedience. So many of the promises of God are tied to whether we do something or not. Sometimes we don't think about that. And God is full of mercy and full of grace, but sometimes our, our obedience or lack thereof keeps us from either receiving the blessings of God or not receiving that. But another that we don't talk about a lot is perseverance. The Bible says this. The Bible says simply, it says, you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive whatever he has promised. I mean, sometimes there's the difference between, between receiving and not receiving a bl blessing that God has for you, a promise that God has for you, is just keep believing and keep believing and keep believing and keep striving and keep going after it and keep reaching for it. And sometimes we just need perseverance. You know, today I really hope this, this message for everybody, but if you're here today and you're just barely hanging on, and you just you feel like giving up in at least one area of your life, maybe you feel like giving up in life in, in general, this message is for you. Or maybe you're, uh, you're a dream 
that you had once in your past. It was something that one time was, was bright and clear, but right now it's just an echo. It's just a faint echo. It's still there in your heart. A calling that you, that you have is still there in your heart, but it may be just an echo, but I think maybe God is wanting to restore some dreams today, and God is wanting to restore some, uh, some hope today as, as well. We're going to start out with uh, going back to, to the book of Joshua because we took a look at this several months ago, but, but there's one story in there that is an incredible story of perseverance that we want to take a, take a look at a, a, again. And, and here's why it's important. The first few chapters of the book of Joshua are really important because God's people are kind of in this no man's land. They're kind of in this halfway zone because God has promised them the promised land. He said, you will, you will, you will enter this land, but then they hadn't entered it yet. They hadn't occupied the land. They stood at the, at the banks of the Jordan River. The promise was there, but they had not yet occupied that promise. And that is where so many of us are in our life, in our Christian journey. So many times God has given us this incredible inheritance. God has given us this incredible promise, but so many times we've not received that yet. We've not actually had that actualized in our life. The Bible says in this Ephesians 1.3, it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, there were two words that just jumped out at me as I was, I was reading that. And the first one is, uh, is, is the word uh, has. I mean, it's saying it's in the active tense in, in the Greek. That means it's already happened. It's already been given to us. If this was financial, it's already been deposited in your account. Okay, so every spiritual blessing has been deposited in your account already. And that word every, it really means every. What that means is God's intent for your life is for you to be, be living in those blessings, that the joy of Christ is yours, that the peace of Christ is what you're living in, that the love of Christ is what you're experiencing on a daily basis, that the, that the power of Christ is in your life and active in your life, that the authority of Christ is in your life and active, that the hope of Jesus is in your life, all those things, God, that is God's plan for, for our life. But so what we want to do is now let's, uh, let's go over to, to chapter 6. And chapter 6, this is important because now they are just about to start it receiving the inheritance, living in the inheritance that God has for them. And here's what I want you to hear too. This isn't just a cool story about them, about how they receive their inheritance. This is a story for you, how we can start walking in our inheritance as, as well and receiving the blessings of God as well in our life. And before we read this, I want to take some of us back to Sunday school or back to, to vacation Bible school when we were a kid, if you grew up in a church. And maybe you heard this song that went, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of of Jericho and the what? All right. Uh, and the walls came to me. I bet if Joshua heard that message, I don't think he'd like it very much. Because here it is. Because it sounds so simplistic. It just sounds like he just showed up, boom, the walls came down, doesn't it? I mean, it just sounds so simplistic. That's not the way it happened. They had to go through a lot of perseverance before those walls finally came down. And sometimes, sometimes that's true in our life. When we look at somebody's life and we just go, man, that must be so nice what they go through, what they're going through right now. Their business is thriving. Or you look at these people up here and you're going, they can play. Man, they're so amazing at playing these instruments. Incredible. Must be nice to be able to do that. And something we don't realize a lot of times is the hours, the thousands of hours they've spent in that. If you're an athlete and you're watching those, you know, watching these you know, players on the NBA or something like that and you're seeing these guys, man, yeah, must be nice making all 
all that. But we don't realize the, the hours, the countless hours they've spent in a gym when nobody was looking and everything. Whatever it is, uh, if, you've, you know, if, if we see people fulfilling a dream in their life, if we see people achieving at something, and we sit there and look at the sidelines and go very oversimplistic and go, must be nice, we don't realize the blood, sweat, and tears that, they, that, have put in for, that they've put in. Sometimes we don't understand that the, the dreams, that they're the only one that believed in the dreams and the lonely nights and the, and the long days that they put in in order for that to, ha- to happen. But that's what's going on here. And I want to, if we can just, uh, what I'm going to do too is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read chapter, I mean, verse two first and then go back to verse one. Listen to this. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Don't miss this. I think this is so cool. He said, I have done that. It is so cool that God can speak in the past tense for something you haven't experienced yet. For a battle you have not faced yet, God has already had a victory in that. And God is speaking in past tense victory for something, a problem, a situation you haven't even faced before. That's pretty neat. Because what that means is God's already in your future. God's already there. He is, he's in our past, present, future all at the same time because God is not, God is timeless. timeless. Time doesn't affect him like it affects you and me. The second thing, he, he is the one that, that, that makes the future. He's the one that does history, right? I mean, it is his story. And he's never lost a battle and he's never lost a fight. And the God that looks at your life and your problem right now, he can speak in past tense that it's already been defeated. Isn't that cool? And something else too is, let's go to verse one. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one came out. So now, I mean, think about this. Joshua has just been told that he already has the victory. He's about to be told that. But what is he seeing? I mean, he's looking up and he's seeing these incredible walls because the walls of Jericho were amazing. They were 45 feet tall. I mean, they were four and a half stories tall. They were 12 feet thick. And you and I may look at that today and go, that's nothing. A cruise missile can take that out in a heartbeat. A, you know, a, 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 a smart bomb can take that out. There was nothing in those days that could, that could penetrate those walls, nothing. So he is looking at an impossible situation, and God is about to tell him that the victory's already been won. Do you see how sometimes that's hard to put together, marrying those two, two things? That the revelation that God has given him is not the, like the reality that he's facing at that time. And you and I have faced that many times, haven't we? Where God has made the promise, he's made the revelation to us, but we're not living in that reality of that revelation yet. Maybe God said he's going to supply all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And right now, there's some needs that haven't been met. Or maybe God's, God says that he's going to work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And as now, all things have not worked together for, for, for good. Or maybe you, you, know, you, you say God says you're never going to be alone. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. And right now, whatever you're going through is feeling pretty lonely. And God said you're going to have a victory, but right now you're seeing defeat. And, right, and God says you're going to see breakthrough, but right now you're about this close to a breakdown. And sometimes we don't see, the, we hear the revelation, but we're not living it in the reality right now. I want you to know something. God wasn't lying to Joshua. He was about to do that, and the walls were going to come down. As long as he went with God's plan, they were going to come down. And the same thing with two. Every promise that God made, he is not a liar. He fulfills his promise, every promise he has. We may not be seeing it right now, but God's already in our future, and he's already preparing that promise. 
And so let's, let's read. This is actually kind of a, a, a lengthy verse, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture yourself in there. I want you to picture yourself as one of the soldiers, as one of the trumpeters, and you're going through this, not just one day, but six days. Watch this. Here's what he told, uh, told Joshua. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Imagine yourself Joshua here too. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpet. When you hear them sound the long blast of the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the walls of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests. He did exactly what they, they said. And then he ordered the people, advance, march against the city with the armed guard going ahead of the, of the Ark of the Lord. That's all he told them. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven uh, priests carrying the trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the, the Ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded people, don't give a war cry, do not raise your voice, don't say a word until the day that I tell you to shout, then shout. So he, uh, so he had the Ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carried the, the seven trumpets, went forward, marching before the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armament went ahead of them, and the armed guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Imagine this. All they did was walk around the city one time, boom, the end. That's all they did that day. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And here's, you know, he's about to say, Joshua, you're about to receive everything we promised. Everything I promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to Moses and everything, you're about to receive it, but you've got to do something. For six days, you've got to walk. For seven days, you've got to walk. And here's the thing. Why do we give up so easily? What are some of the reasons why we don't persevere in our life, why we don't do that? The first one is this, because our perspective gets, uh, gets blocked. I mean, think of this, that he was there. He couldn't even see inside the city because the walls were so big. He could not see inside to the promise because the obstacles were so big in his face. The problem was sitting there staring in his face. And sometimes the problem can get, be staring in our faces as well. And we can't see from things from God's perspective. My, my dad, one time I lived in Hawaii when I was uh, four years old. My dad was making something for uh, the University of Hawaii to see the, uh, the eclipse of the sun with for, for them. My dad was really good at making uh, very meticulous machinery. He uh, was one of the, one of the uh, people to make the first atomic clock. He was working with very specific machinery for the space shuttle and things like that. Obviously, I did not receive any of that gift whatsoever. One thing he loved to do is he loved photography, which, uh, which I love. And we were one time at the Polynesian Culture Center in Oahu, uh, Hawaii. And, uh, and for the millennials in here, I just want you to know that there was once a time that there was not, you could not have film on a, on, a, on a phone, right? You could not take movie pictures on a phone. In those days, we carried around uh, photographic equipment that was roughly the same weight and size of an SUV, right? And, and so we're there, and my dad is using a camera that was not single lens reflex. That means that he's looking through something up here when he's actually taking a picture down here. So he is thinking he is taking a picture of some hula ladies, right? 
And what he's really taking is the back of a guy's head. And so eight minutes of the back of a guy's head. We had a lot of joy watching this as a child growing, growing up. We didn't touch, oh, show the picture of the guy's head again. But, the, but here's the thing. My dad's perspective was something beautiful. Our perspective, what we had from then on, was something ugly, just the back of a head. And sometimes that's our life. We don't see things from God's perspective. If we could see things from God's perspective, everything would look beautiful because that's what he's seeing. But what we see is just sometimes the obstacle, the problem, uh, the problem there. And so, so what, a, what a lot of times that we have to do is, is what you're doing right now is genius. I want you to know that. What you're doing online right now is genius because we have just worshiped God. And one thing that worshiping God does is it elevates our perspective, that suddenly we are stopped focusing on the problem when we are focusing on the God who's bigger than the problem, Right? And what you're doing right now is you're hearing the Word of God being, uh, being, being proclaimed. And the Bible says that the Word of God will not return void. And what that means is, is this, that you're, what we're doing is focusing on God's promise rather than on the problem, and we get our perspective. That's one thing that I, I love to do on a regular basis. Every day of my life, just about, I spend time in God's Word, and I spend time outside praying. And it's because of this, because I need that perspective, because I have a tendency, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to focus on the problems. I have a tendency to focus on the head. I have a tendency to focus on the, on the huge walls that are, that are in front of me. And what I need to do every single day of my life is get things from God's perspective. And what it does is I look up a little higher and go, okay, God, this is what you, you're going to take care of this. You're going to promise and everything. And so, um, and I thought of this too. Think of the people uh, that Joshua must have been intimidated when he saw those, those walls. He must have been really, really intimidated. But imagine what the people were thinking on the inside. Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever wondered what they were thinking as these people were walking around their city once every day for six days and seven times the last day? What was going through their mind? We, have, we know what was going through their mind because we have Rahab the prostitute who, who kept the two spies, protected these spies. She told what her motivation was. Here it is in Joshua chapter 2. It says, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and with a great fear uh, and a great fear of you has fallen on us so that we who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Skip down and, and, it, says, uh, and it says this. When we heard of, of how you did things to all the other people, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is the God of heaven above and on earth below. Do you see what that's saying? I mean, Joshua and the people are probably intimidated by what they're seeing when all the time their enemy is intimidated by them. I mean, think about that. Because what's happening is, is how many times have we been intimidated by the demonic forces that are coming against us, by the boogeyman, by whatever that is and things. And in reality, those things are intimidated of us because we're a child of God and we carry the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. And think of this, that whatever that boogeyman is that you're intimidated by right now, that boogeyman's intimidated by you far more because you carry what Jesus carries. Another thing is, is this. Is, first of all, we don't persevere because we lose perspective. We also uh, don't persevere because our progress isn't always obvious. Think of this. For six days, they, met, they went around the, the city and never saw anything happen. There was no difference whatsoever in the wall, right? I mean, no difference. They saw nothing, nothing good happening. Now, if we were God or what we wanted, would God, want God to do is every day they walked around, they'd see one-sixth of the wall crumble, right? I mean, like Tetris, right? You know, kind of this, this kind of thing. Go down every single time. 
But that's not what happened. There was no difference whatsoever. And they didn't know how long this was going to last. Look it up in the text. Joshua never tells them how long they're going to, God told him. He didn't tell them. So they have no idea. They are walking around. It seems like a mindless thing that seems like it made no difference whatsoever as they walk one time around the, the, the city. And I was thinking, what would it be like to be a soldier and have that happen? That you walk around and you see no difference whatsoever. What would it be like for that soldier to come home to his wife and try to explain what had happened? Maybe it looks something like this. Hey, honey, I'm home. Oh, hey, hey, honey. How did it go? How did it go? Were you, were you able to break through? Were you? Uh, tell me. Tell me everything. What's it look like inside Jericho? Well, actually, we didn't do any fighting. You, you didn't do any fighting? Well, no. What, why, what'd you do? Well, it's kind of hard to explain, but essentially, we just kind of went for a walk. You know, we took a stroll around the city walls. Why did you do that? Well, I'm not sure, but I think it's part of Joshua's plan to get us battle ready. You know, I was thinking, you know, maybe it was like a, a recon mission. You know, go in there, check the defenses, try to find some weaknesses. Or it was just his way of getting us, you know, limbered up for the big battle tomorrow. Oh, um, okay, okay. Okay, well, we better get you rested up for tomorrow, right? Big day. <laughs> That's day one. Day two probably looked even stranger. Oh, hey, honey, how'd, how'd it go? How's my big, strong warrior today? Big, strong? I do not feel like a big, strong warrior. How can I feel like a warrior when I don't even get to fight? You, you didn't fight again today? No. All we did was walk around, walk around the city. Joshua, he took the, the Ark of the Covenant, and he put it in the middle. And he's got these priests with trumpets, and he puts them in front of the Ark, and then he puts us in front of the priests. All we do is walk around, walk around. Do you know what it's like to walk around all day long with trumpets blaring in your ears? I have got such a splitting headache. It's like he thinks we're a marching band or something. I, I didn't sign up for a marching band. I want to fight. Well, do you think, I mean, does somebody need to talk to him? Maybe? Talk to him? He won't let us talk. He says, keep your mouth shut and just keep walking. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a bit frustrated. We just walk around, we walk around. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I feel like uh, I don't understand what his battle strategy is, and I have no idea what's going on. But, oh, okay, maybe, uh, but uh, honey. Now, we could do that again four more times, couldn't we? Imagine what they were thinking. But I love the part, why did, God, why did Joshua tell him to shut up and not say anything? Maybe it's because Joshua spent 40 years in the wilderness because the people wouldn't shut up. Because they murmured, 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 complained, 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 complained. You know that's what they would have done as they're walking around. They're, I can't believe he's doing this. I can't believe we have, can you believe this? Six more days, you know, doing, doing this. And, and think about this. There's two big things that keep us from, from, you know, from receiving, from persevering and everything. One is up here and one's right here. How many times in our mind do we talk ourselves out of things that God has specifically told us? How many times we've told us that God has said to do something and we reason ourselves out of a, de de a definite call of God or command of God? Or how about this? How many times have we spoken, spoken something and spoken ourselves out of something, a blessing of God? 
Now think of this for a, uh, for a second. I mean, those are, sometimes there is a time that we talk that we should share and we should have, get counsel from people, right? And there's also a time that we should tell people what's going on and, and share our, our struggles and, and problems with people. But sometimes there's just a time that you shut up and march. You know, there's sometimes you just do what God says to do and watch what God does as you do it. And we stop reasoning ourselves out of it or talking ourselves out of what God has said to, said to do. And, and this is, the third thing is we can't see the finish line. I know, I, I, you know, uh, every triathlon that I've ever done, there's a specific thing that you do. You, you swim from this point to this point, and you see a finish line. You bike from this point back to this point. You see a finish line. Then you run from this point to this point. If you were just running, if you were just swimming, if you were that, I'd stop. If you didn't know that there was a, a finish to this, you'd get discouraged. You'd just go, why am I doing this? Anyway, the finish line keeps you going. And sometimes, for those of you who have moms who have had, had a child, I mean, if you've been pregnant, you knew there was a stopping point, you know? You knew there was a time after nine months or right around there that you wouldn't have to, that, that this would be over. You knew when you were in labor that there was going to be a finish time to, to that as well. It wasn't going to last forever. Don't you wish God would do that with us sometimes? Don't you wish God would say, you know what, only 45 more days and you're going to have that job? Don't you wish he said, in, in, two, in a year and a half, you will be married. In a year, in one more year, you will be conceived, what you wanted to do. In, in two years, that dream will come true, that you just see a finish line. You see something there that you can go towards, that you can obtain there. If you just knew there was a finish line, sometimes we just need something to keep, uh, to keep going. And here's the thing that I ask you is, is this. Even though you don't see the finish line, will you still? Will you still believe when you're not seeing evidence for what you're believing? Will you still pray when the prayers aren't being answered? Will you still serve when nobody's applauding you, when nobody's seeing what you're doing and it doesn't seem like you're making a difference? Will you still love when you're not being loved back? Will you still care when you're not receiving care back? Will you still pray for people when they're not praying for you? Will you still what God, do what God tells you to do? Because here's the one thing that I've, that I've noticed in, in life is, is this, that if they would not have gone around the seventh time, what would have happened? We wouldn't be talking about it right now. I would not be talking about it if they stopped at six. So here's the message I believe I'm here to tell you today. Don't stop at six. Don't you dare stop at six because you may be this close to the walls coming down. You keep going. You keep loving. You keep believing. You keep doing what God's telling you to do. You keep fa be faithful and walking. And you may not have seen the walls come down one-sixth of the way or anything. You may see no evidence whatsoever to this point. You keep doing what God's telling you to do, and those walls will come down. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing that you think about is one day as you keep walking around, one day will be the seventh day, and it will be that day that they, that they come down. So our job is this. Our job is to be faithful. Our job is to be persistent. Our job is to be steadfast. And God's job is to finish up what, whatever he starts there. So wherever you are right now, if there's something you feel like giving up on, if you feel like giving up just even in life in general, don't give up. Don't give up. Will you still believe and love and care? Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.